In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Well, hello. Glad to have you back on the Retirement Pathfinder. I'm Ben George alongside Phil Gusky and Barbara Lane over at Pathfinder Wealth Management. And we got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about primarily picking a, an advisor and how to spot red flags. So whether or not you're someone that has an advisor already and maybe you know you haven't been super happy with how things have gone or you're just someone that's maybe saying, hey, I'm ready to start planning. I need to find someone what I'll look for. We're going to try to help you with that today. Barbara and Phil, how are you? Great. Yeah, we're doing great today. How are you doing, Ben? I am doing well. You know, I think this topic's perfect because with the way the market's going, you might have more and more people finally getting that that kick and that push to actually go out and and sit down with an advisor and start uh, building their plan. Because since the last time we talked, things have not gotten any smoother, it seems, out there. Right. We're, um, we're, We're, we've got a lot to talk about today. No question. Yeah. So what I want to, yeah, what I want to go over here, Ben, is just kind of a continuation of our discussion on is it time to panic? So that's the question. Is it time to panic? What do we think? Well, you know, this week has been a monumental one from the mar- for the markets, uh, but not necessarily all bad. The S and P has officially been declared to enter bear market territory, having dropped uh, more than twenty percent from its high earlier this year. And this week, of course, the Fed has declared an interest rate hike of three quarters of 1%, making it the biggest rate hike since 1994. Of course, the move, according to the Fed Chairman Powell, was to reduce inflation. I think it's a step in the right direction. We need to understand that this is how um, uh, it's been controlled in times past. Uh, they need to go ahead and, uh, and do something about the money supply, and, and they're starting to really restrict that as well. Yeah. But aside from the Fed rate hike, all eyes are fixed on the short-term returns and that many investors are looking at. And uh, they have um, basically entered the panic zone in terms of deciding to sell their stocks. So Barb and I, you and I both say, we know that this is a terrible decision, right? To right. sell stocks at this time. They'll never recoup it. No, no. You don't want to lock in your losses for the this time period. As we have often said, markets... Uh, basically, whether they're going up or down are really not controlled or a reflection of of the average investor holding money in 401ks and IRAs, uh, even though that's a large part of of the market itself. Well, what's causing the fluctuation? Well, it really is being run by big money managers, in our opinion. Those who run big mutual funds, control foundations, pensions, university endowments, and hedge funds. Now, remember that those objectives for those particular managers is different from yours and mine in that their goal is to make and preserve short-term gains. And they make millions on just a quarter of 1% move, right? Yeah, they're pretty much day traders. Yeah, they are. In fact, that's what they essentially are. They're, they're in a, trade, a day trading business. And so what we're seeing is we're seeing the effects of uh, really that uh, large block of, of institutional stocks uh, either taking uh, the gains in order to preserve against any kind of loss whatsoever. So, you know, if there's a fear of the market going down, they're, they're out there selling. They got sell signals going on. So when we have this type of environment where we had a combination of high inflation and um, all the 
economic woes that we we hear through the media, they're going to go ahead and sell on on the fear or on the on the panic. So are you and I in in a day trading mode? No, we're not trying to short the market or or do short term gains. Obviously, what we're trying to do is experience um, the benefit of buying buying basically uh, stocks at less expensive prices. You know, one of the things that we want to do is we want to remind our clients that we've had the benefit of of short-term rallies along the way as well. So last year, as an example, our U.S. portfolios, stock portfolios averaged 26% up for the year. That's pretty good. And then from March of 2020 through November of 2021, it was up a remarkable 131%. Now, we were aware of that. And we didn't bring that to our clients' attention because you know, we didn't decide to cash out. We're looking for sustained long-term averages. That's what we're about, not about short-term trades. So as the old saying goes among brokers, the trend should be your friend. Well, we don't believe that. We don't believe in going with the trend. We believe that the trend should not be your friend, but rather pay closer attention to history. And these historical returns bear repeating. We've talked about this before. So from 1950 to the present, we've experienced nine bear markets, 10 if you want to count this current one, the average loss during those bear market cycles was down 33%. Now that's that's painful. You know, we've yeah. been up for 12 or 13 years and any type of a, a pullback is painful. But down 33% and the duration for those bear markets, now get this was only 9 months. Only 9 months. Some longer, some shorter. Now for the good news, following each of these bear cycles was a bull market recovery. Now get this with an average return of 390% during that period of time, and the average length being 88 months. Wow. Folks, that's a 100% historic recovery, 100%. So the question is, will you be in the market when the recovery returns? I hope you are. So you need to decide what kind of an investor you want to be, a day trader, maybe a daytime trader, guessing the best times to get in or to get out, or a long-term investor where you capture all the returns available in each of the asset classes? Yeah, we uh, well, basically, the uh, market is up 75% and it's down only about 25% historically anyway. Mm-hmm. But I know, Phil, you, we, we've done a class on this before, actually a client class on down markets, you know, 10, 20% down markets and the length of time that it comes for the market to swing back. And, and that's usually within a year. Yes. You said the average nine months. It's usually it is usually within a year. And we've looked all the way back to the 1920s. Absolutely. Yeah. History is on our side. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Investing is long term. It's mm-hmm. not what's going on with the markets today or tomorrow or, or even next year. It's it's long term. Exactly. Good stuff. Yep. Yeah, that is a great update and some great perspective. I know it can feel like it lasts longer than that, that nine month average when you're in the middle of it, but oh, it's painful. Yeah, yep, it, it is. is painful, but that's why you keep that long term perspective. So, thanks for sharing that uh, with us, Phil. All right, let's jump into our main conversation here. You know, spotting red flags when you're trying to pick an advisor. Now, do you know what red flags you need to be looking for? What good signs you should be on the lookout for? We want to really try to help you with that today. And we'll give you some red flags to be aware of. We want to teach you how to spot them and also illustrate the difference between an advisor who does the bare minimum versus one that goes above and beyond to work in your best interest. So got four different red flags we want to share. Let's start with this one. Um, and and to me, when I saw this at first, I didn't think this would be necessarily a red flag, um, but I, I'm, I'm interested to hear you both explain it. But an advisor that works with people of all ages and all levels of wealth. Because when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that's an advisor that will work with anybody. That's got to be a good person, right? 
Yeah, that, that that's a good thought process, uh, Ben. As far you know, by by the way, um, but I'm going to explain to you uh, some of the differences here. Okay. Now, oftentimes, an advisor who works with all ages and all levels of wealth are product pushers. We call them, or they're the what we call, what we say the one and done. They're eager eager to sell you a product, say maybe an annuity or possibly a life insurance policy, and then they move on. So there's no ongoing advice, and and one size fits all. Now, just as a side note, I want to just mention that annuities and even life insurance are just a couple of tools in the toolbox, and they pair very well with a you know financial with a retirement plan. But as an answer to all and for everyone, then there's a problem. Now, if you want a retirement specialist, they will work in all areas of retirement, retirement only, which includes about five areas of planning, which I'll go over with you. How your portfolio is set up for retirement is important, such as, you know, your risk to reward your growth, uh, considering taxes, inflation, et cetera. But equally, if not more important, is an income plan, an mm-hmm. actual plan that will show you what you're allowed to withdraw, considering taxes and inflation and growth and how long it will last. So do our listeners have one? We seldom meet with anyone that has an income plan. It's, it's very yeah, rare. Right. Um, and then we also have strategic partners in the way of estate planning. If you have set up a will early in life and now you've accumulated more assets, you may want to look at something more comprehensive. What about when you're gone when you're incapacitated? Is it, do you want to have something for your kids, for your grandkids, for charity? We address extended care issues. What if you're hospitalized for a period of time or until the end of life? How have you planned for that? But the biggest threat to your retirement isn't market downturns, but inflation and taxes. Are you withdrawing from accounts where you'll pay the least amount of taxes? Did you know that you have choices on how you can take your money in retirement? Are you prepared for tax increases in the future? So we address all five of these areas as equally important. And it takes time to work with our clients to get it right. So we aren't just about investing your money and and many many, uh, financial firms are just money only. Uh, Our clients have told us that's all they do. Uh, we're not just about investing your money in that, and then that's it. There's an interview process. So we want to make sure that you're the right fit, just like we want to make sure, just like you want to make sure that we're the right fit for you. That's why when you come in to talk to us, we listen to your needs and concerns as the first step, and then we'll see if it makes sense to go to a second appointment. But you can always reach out to us at pathfinderchat.com for a 15-minute phone call. That's it. Our calendar pops up and, mm. and it's complimentary. This really is the era of specialization, Barb, uh, and we can't really afford to spend our time working with everybody in every market and every age group. Uh, it, it would be uh, a disadvantage to those that really need our help in the older age groups because, quite frankly, once you retire, you have to make the right choices because the wrong ones are nearly impossible to redo. Um, so we want to talk about income planning, and that, uh, that really takes a specialist to work in. And, you know, also, too, it's a, it's an ongoing effort. So, you know, when you, when you put together a retirement plan, right. this isn't just, you know, said and done. And, no, we, we review with our clients we, regularly. Absolutely, and, we do. Yeah, every, every year we have to review and we see where uh, the taxes will affect uh, the income and vice versa. Yeah, adaptive changes, sure. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, that's the f- first red flag, and that's a good explanation because I, I, when I first heard it, I was like, eh, I don't know, that's always a bad thing, but it makes sense uh, when you break it down. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we know that uh, financial planning isn't always uh, on the positive and on the up and up. The markets go up and down. We've already touched on a market update to start the show. So it should be a red flag to you if you have an advisor that only tells you the good news about your financial situation. 
Uh, obviously, no one wants to be the bearer of, ta- of bad tidings uh, anytime at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we we'll all have felt the uh, repercussions that go with um, the bad news, you know, the sad news, or even the most honest news. In fact, we all remember the old saying, uh, no good deed goes unpunished. Yes, I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah, yeah. It's not our desire to want to intentionally create negative emotions in people. You know, we want safe. We want great. We want happy. You know, I'd rather serve ice cream at the party rather than Brussels sprouts, wouldn't you? I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> we want we want a positive uh, effect. But we, we need to know <clears throat> and continually uh, communicate the truth, even if it's unfavorable. And uh, this is where I have an issue with uh, our friends in Washington, the politicians who whitewash, use subterfuge, and sidestep the important issues. But that's uh, a topic that's reserved for another podcast, obviously. I have an example here that I want to share with uh, with our listeners regarding a lovely couple I worked with many years ago. Uh, they were very successful business people. When they retired, they sold their business and brought their holdings to us for investing. We did a real careful financial plan to include a cash flow strategy that allowed them to continue to maintain their standard of living in retirement. And they agreed with the plan and went forward. However, something happened along the way after several years. I noticed that their accounts were losing value even during a strong market. That was puzzling to me. So a closer look revealed that their cash flow distributions had dramatically, substantially increased. Um, I knew I needed to alert them to this danger. I didn't know why it was increasing. They'd gone off track of their plan. So when they came in, I raised uh, my concerns. And their response was that they had made certain promises and commitments to family members and friends about investing in business startups, vacation cruises for the whole family, sports cars for those graduating grandkids from college, and they just couldn't break their promises to all these people. Well, I felt badly about this, Barb, because you know I referred them back to their cash flow arrangement that they had agreed to, and the response was, well... We have plenty of money and don't plan to live forever. But what if you do? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I finally helped them understand the gravity of their situation when I said, well, if that's the case, then you might as well understand you have to die within the next five years because that's the length of time your money will last at the current spending rate that you're going. Wow. This couple made the changes and considered me their most trusted advisor because I was truthful with them. And they stayed with me through the duration of their lives. Uh, Financial markets go down as well as up. Bear markets persist. Inflation will be with us forever. And our job as the trusted advisors to help them anticipate not just the sunshine, but the stormy days as well. Yep. Good and bad news. You know, I have um, seen high expectations for returns from advisors, and they can't be sustainable, at least not during retirement when you're withdrawing money. Uh, be careful of someone who always gives good news. We, right. we try to be reasonable and we give our clients reasonable expectations for outcomes and returns. And uh, if, if someone has to work longer to accumulate more money, then you need to tell them that. It reminds me of a story of one of my clients and she saw me about two years ago and she was saving what I call a considerable amount of money outside of her 403B. Uh, she wanted to retire this year, 2022. Mm. What did she need to save? And it was considerable. I mean, you know, double digit money per, wow. per month wow. that she yeah. had to save. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking, is she really going to be able to do that? Well, she did. Wow. And she saved it. She put Excellent. her head down. She got serious about it and she's going to retire in August. But had I not told her that, you know, you cannot retire and it's the bad news, she couldn't. But 
luckily she did follow a plan and now she can. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and I know that we always want to hear, we always want positive news, but it's always more important to know the honest <laughs> truth about where you stand, right? I mean, you're going to figure yeah. out one way or another later on in retirement. You'd rather do it before it's too late. So, yeah, by the way, I, I hate Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I, I don't, it depends I don't on know. how they're cooked. <laughs> it depends on how I they're cooked. I, I like them if they're cooked the right way. I suppose. Yeah, Ben, you're right. I used to despise them too. And now I really like them if you but you have to brown them. Yeah, oh, exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah okay. you have to. Otherwise, you know, the mushy ones, no. Okay. Yeah. Try, brown try the fried Brussels sprouts next time you yes. see them on a menu, <laughs> Phil. I think you'll like them. Okay. All right. Uh, next red flag. Um, an advisor that doesn't like Brussels sprouts. No, that is no. not the next red flag. The next red flag is uh, an advisor that seems to have a high level of certainty about what's going to happen in the market in the immediate future. I mean, we know right now we're in the middle of it. No one can predict what's going to happen, right? Oh, I like that. A high level of certainty. Mm. Well, you know, um, it'd be two words, Ben. They're guessing. <laughs> yep. if, yeah. You know, if they say markets will go down, they don't know. If they say markets are going up, they don't know. There are three forms of market timing, by the way. And one is stock picking, where you're picking individual stocks. Secondly is going to cash. And then third is track record investing. So it's investing based on someone else's track record. Well, now compare that to an academic approach based on over 70 years of research shows that no one knows where markets are headed. All we know is the next 100% every time is up. So build portfolios based on all 21 asset classes and an investor's risk tolerance and rebalance and stay the course. No one is successful in predicting the market. And if they were, and you could follow them and follow their predictions with certainty, do you think they give this information to you for free? No way. <laughs> no. There are numerous studies. We've, we've done a class on the studies about uh, the impossibility of market timing and done podcasts too. And anyone predicting anything with a certainty in the future is market timing or, or just plain guessing. Well, you know, and, and it, we, have to, we have to depend on one thing. We have to look at patterns. And we're not, we're not making predictions based on what happened in the past, but history is a very good lesson in teaching us about how certain things happen at certain times. But as we said previously in our report, uh, history has always been on our side. So we have to consider history and uh, the fact that we've had 100% uh, returns. We don't know if it's going to be up 20%, 30%, 40%, but we know that we're not going to lose everything. That's the, that's the important thing. People have to understand that, yes, with the bear market comes the recovery. That's time in the market, not timing the market, Correct. right? Correct. As the old saying goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that one. I got one more red flag for you. Um, an advisor that spends more time talking than they do listening. <laughs> yeah, I read a book uh, many years ago, Ben, called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Have you ever heard of that, Ben? I have heard of it. I have not read it. Oh, it's a, oh okay. It's, it's a classic, and it's mm -hmm. by Dale Carnegie. And the book was written for those uh, in every walk of life, you know, be it uh, salespeople, ministers, people working on the, on the company line, whatever. But its intent was to teach us how not just to get along with people, but how to win people over to your way of thinking while creating sincere and deep relationships and friendships along the way. So it's not about manipulating others for our own benefit, but by, for helping others come to conclusions that are always in their best interest. Now, one section in the book addresses the importance of listening to others and how to eliminate distractions and focus intently upon those speaking to you. Wow. As an advisor, we see ourselves as problem solvers, Barb, you and I. But to do that, we must listen carefully to determine what the client's issue or problem is to begin with. 
an advisor or any other professional who spends more time talking than listening is really not putting their uh, the other person's interests first, and that person should be avoided. So that's the bottom line. They should be avoided. Well, when listening closely and attentively to someone, whether it's uh, in a professional setting or to your spouse or to your children, what are you doing along the way here? Well, you're showing them several things. Number one, that they are the most important person in the room. And what they're saying is important. It's absolutely important. Number two, they will feel comfortable and safe with you if you listen to them and you acknowledge them. Uh, number three, there is a, a personal bond created with the person who cares by listening. Uh, this is important, an important place to start, you know, especially if you're trying to build trust with that person. And then finally, it communicates that I respect the other person. I had a friend, uh, Ben, who claimed to have the gift for gab. You've heard that before. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, and along with that, he let everybody know it, too. I have got the gift for gab. You know, I can talk. And, and it's true. I will admit that he could not, he could talk nonstop about every topic that you brought up. He had an opinion about everything. Unfortunately, the gift for gab that he thought he had possessed was not necessarily a gift to everybody else. Um, because uh, as he tried to sell other people on his product, it became an irritation and frustration to those people. Why? Because he never asked them, never took a breath, you yeah. know, and you couldn't get your word in as edgewise, but he never asked the questions to find out what the uh, prospect's true needs were. You know, he always was in ABS mode. Ben, do you know what ABS stands for? Always be selling. There you yeah. go. Yes. Always be selling. <laughs> you moved to the front of the class today, Ben. <laughs> So as a result, uh, this man always had skinny kids. Uh, So, you know, as Teddy Roosevelt so famously said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that begins with uh, less talking and more careful listening. You know, I think uh, for me anyway, at some point in our careers or my career, I should say, uh, we're about telling others what we know. When I uh, first started out in the financial business, I came from an accounting background, and I felt that it was important to uh, let people know that I had at least some base of knowledge in the financial arena. And so I am sure that I was one of those that talked more than I did at that time. But then over the years, you realize that you have to want to listen to their story. And you, and, and why are they sitting in front of you to begin with? Mm-hmm. And, and, then, uh, and then when you meet someone and they just want to be heard, and then when they get to the end, you might find there isn't anything that you can help them with. Um, but an advisor's role is to ask more questions than the person they're interviewing does. Right, right. Yeah. So the main goal, actually, of the, of the initial appointment is to find out if it makes sense to go to a second appointment. But you can always give us a give us a uh, reach out to us at pathfinderchat.com for a 15 minute phone call. Our calendar automatically pops up and you can schedule a call and Phil or I would be happy to call you. Yep. A lot of listening during that conversation as well. So these are just some red flags. These aren't all the red flags, but uh, these are some things just to be looking out for if you are in the search for a new advisor or your advisor for the first time, whatever it is. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of pushing themselves towards getting a financial plan now that the the market has kind of gone haywire over the last uh, few months. But that's why you mm-hmm. do the plan and that's why you put it in place so you don't have to worry as much during times like these. So if you want to get started again, pathfinderchat.com is the place to schedule a time to talk with Barbara and Phil over at Pathfinder Wealth. All right, we'll close it out on that note. We do appreciate it to both Barbara and Phil for the insight today as always. And I know we'll try to have another market update uh, down the road if it's needed, but uh, we appreciate everything today. Thanks for joining us.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.